Blog Talk Radio. to another great episode of the Alan Alfred Sports Talk Show. So glad to have you join us this evening. It's July 14th, 2023. Definitely appreciate you all for being here tonight. And definitely it's going to be a fantastic show for you. I want to thank our great sponsor, Chef G's Florida Barbecue Sauce. So delicious and addicting, you may need a support group. So definitely Check out all great four flavors. Make sure you check them out. I know the 4th of July just passed, but we got plenty of barbecues coming up. In fact, I see a great barbecue coming up for you this weekend for you. Check out all four flavors at flbbqsauce.com. Again, it's flbbqsauce.com. The call-in number is 516-418-5572. Again, it's 516 516- Appreciate all of you joining us this evening. In fact, we got a lot to go over. But before we get started, let me bring on a great, great caller. Let me do that right now. Hey, how you doing so far tonight? <laughs> okay, Alan. Thanks. You're welcome. How you feeling tonight, Lou? All right. Yeah, I'll think one I know I probably think what the first topic is, like, you know, how all star festivities went over this week. Well, I'll say one thing. The all-star, the all-star game itself. Well, I was expecting a little bit more offense. I mean, I wouldn't, I wouldn't expect you know, like a defensive pitcher type game like an American League ballpark. So I was thinking more, you know, of a more offensive type like game. Didn't happen. Three-two, and the National League pulled it out. So kind of disappointing. I thought the home run derby was actually better. No, I agree with you, Lou. I, I really, for the I home run derby, talk about that first. The home run derby I thought was amazing. I, I really was impressed with it. You know, sometimes a home run derby, it's good for the first 20 to 30 minutes. But I watched the entire thing, and I was 
I was not only engaged the entire time, I was really into it. And sure. I thought they did a fantastic job for the home run derby. It wasn't just one of them where you felt like one guy was just going to run away with it. It was very competitive, and it had a lot of things yeah. that you normally don't see. What do you think of Rushman, you know, going from the left side to the right side? Yeah, you don't see that very often. You know, I like yeah. that. I think it was I think it was more more challenging that way too, going from left and right. Yeah, you know, I agree. I told you I do not expect. Exactly, you don't expect somebody going from one side of the plate to the other, and he did really well too. You know, hitting right-handed, he hit at least seven out of eight out of the ballpark. You know, correct me if I'm wrong, yeah. but he did really well. And <laughs> and unfortunately for him, I felt, and my wife felt, as if he had such a strong hitting of, I believe it was 27 or 28, I could be off by one or two. And I thought yeah. he was going to at least advance to the next round, and he didn't. So it had a lot of those surprises yeah, that I, his family, you could tell – his family and even him, he was trying to hold it in. You could tell they thought they had enough to advance, and unfortunately, it wasn't. It was not not enough. But I thought it was a great it was a great home run derby. The All Star game, as you mentioned, I was a bit surprised that it was too much offense. I believe there was just two home runs, right? Just the one. Yeah. It was just two well, home runs. Right, it was that right. Two home runs that stood. That third home run, and that one that they called back. I'm glad they did, but it was clearly it was clearly a foul ball to me. What did you thought? Well, um, you know, I had to look at the replay, and like you know, I thought it was like I saw the replay, like okay, yeah, now now I, now I get why. You know, sometimes you have to give it a second or third look as to why it was not called the way it was supposed to be called. No, exactly. Hey, that's the thing that shocked me was that it, first, it wasn't called. But it's good. Maybe, and then the replay showed like, okay, now I get it. But it just goes to show you that a change like that would have made a big difference had these little rules didn't come into play. If you had no replay, yeah. it would have been a home run. Yeah, and the American League could have won it. Yeah. You know, I wasn't surprised that the National League won it. You know, to win it, what's it, 2012 was the last time the American League, the National League, I beg your pardon, the National League won in 2012. It's a law of large right. numbers. At some point, no matter how good you are, I feel, at some point, the law of averages and numbers going to flip on the other side. Well, remember, the, back in the 70s, in the 80s, the National League got in the All-Star game as well. They won 12 in a row. Yeah, so it, it didn't surprise me that the National League finally got one and won. You know, it was like it was their time. You know, I felt like it was their time to get one. Yeah. Having a, 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 a run of since 2012, that's 11 years. You know, that's that's an amazing run. You can't win them all. Yeah. No, you can't. And I, I felt as Exactly. And I felt as if, to your point, Lou, there wasn't enough offense to go around on both sides. It really was no. the person who was gonna, who was going to be least anemic was going to win, and for him to come in and hit a pinch hit home run, I, I felt like that there wasn't. I didn't think they was going to come back and win that after he hit that home run, even though they could have. I, I just didn't. I didn't see it. But yeah, it was it was fun though. I thought the game was great. 
it was a little dry with the offense, but I, I still kept me engaged because it was one of those type of games that you felt like the team that gets is the least anemic at the right time is going to win. Yeah. Pointed that in the home run derby results as far as the winner? Not at all. Kind of, I think I have pretty well figured out that, well, what can I say? Like father, like son. Yeah, you're right. You're absolutely right. And that is such a cute picture with hit Vlad Guerrero Sr. And, and his son. His son probably was about five years old, and he has the hat, you know, up. And his son, his dad has his hat. It's so cute to see that picture. And then coming full circle, it's kind of like a storybook ending that he wanted. And it wasn't, it wasn't a shoe-in. It was close. That last round was close. As well. I expected to be close. Yeah, and if he had a hot round at the end, he might have pulled it out. Yeah. So but it, it was is no slouch either, you know. Yeah, he, he, he isn't. And had he get just a couple more towards the end and he had time to do it, he just he just couldn't put a bat on a couple more, but he had time. He had enough time to get it. It's just, it was close. Yeah, so. But I enjoyed it. I I thought it was, it, it was a it was a great great home run derby. Was that awesome. one of the best ones you've seen? Yeah, although I think uh, you know the twenty twenty I think the twenty twenty one and twenty twenty two home run was a little bit better. That was like you know that had that record setting performance of. Uh, 40 in the first round and uh, 94 total. So I think, you know, this was a close second. Yeah, it was. It was very close. It was. It, it kept me engaged. I love the way they have it set up with the bonus time. And you have a chance to get two bonuses. Randy Arena, Arena. he did a fantastic job for the Rays. He really represented the Rays really well. I got to give him props. Even though he came up a little short, Randy did a fantastic job the way he just went ahead and result and did his thing. He represented Cuba really well, as well as the Rays. Props to Vlad, Vlad Guerrero Jr. Uh, you know, he uh, said have faith at the end, and, and he did it. You know, so what do you got cooking for your show this weekend? Let's see. Where do I begin? Okay, well, well, of course, we'll recap the All-Star Game and the Home Run Derby. Um, I'll also take predictions on what your team is going to in the second half of the season. Uh, we'll recap the SD Awards, which happened on Wednesday night. Didn't get you to see because I was watching the uh, Gold Cup, so we'll recap that. We'll also preview the Women's World Cup soccer tournament, which begins on Thursday. Uh, we'll also um, take a look at Wimbledon as they begin their finals. The Women's Finals tomorrow, the Men's Finals on Sunday, and, yes, the Joker We'll play in the 24th final. Uh, of course, we'll talk about your features as the ridiculous sign of the week, uh, sports trivia, uh, this week in sports history, and, of course, your thoughts and comments are always welcome. And we'll take a look at the mess of what's become the PGA as, uh, let's just say, that a certain golf, uh, golfer says, I want to play that beep beep tournament with the last, last thing on earth. <laughs> oh, boy. If you call in tomorrow or tune in tomorrow, you'll find out what I mean. So, uh, dial 
I'm sorry, yeah, 512, five, oh I'll repeat it again, 512-543-4662. And if you can't make it to the show, check us out on YouTube, dial, in up, dial up YouTube, and type in The Enhanced Sports Show. And that show, um, well, it should be up as soon as possible. I hope. Yeah, that, that's right. It's 512-543-4662. 512-543-4662. The Enhanced Sports Show. And as Lou mentioned, if you can't call in between 4 and 6 tomorrow, Saturday, between 4 and 6 Eastern Standard Time Zone, check them out on YouTube. The Enhanced Sports Show. You'll get a chance to see him live. Looking as handsome as ever. Comments are always welcome. That's right. Comments are always welcome. He always does a great job of getting you on the air, too. Because people don't really leave comments on him. (laughs) Yep, and no profanity. That's too. Right, right. It's a family show. (laughs) Yes. Yeah, that's right. So you got a lot of great topics. Should be a great show. I know it's going to be fantastic. For those of you who thought July was going to be a dumb month in the sports world, you might want to think twice. That's right. So Lou knows it all. It's a great trivia section, too. So make sure you guys call in and support Lou. Between 4 and 6 tomorrow, Eastern Standard Time Zone. They'd be happy to get you on the air and make sure you keep it clean. Please do. That's right. We definitely always appreciate Lou here on the Allen Alfred Sports Talk Show. Always a pleasure speaking to Lou, and definitely so glad to hear from you, Lou. All right, uh, thanks a lot. Oh, you're very welcome. Thank you so much for calling in. Always a pleasure, Lou. Caller, contributor, Lou. Always fantastic to hear from Lou. Make sure you guys call in between 4 and 6 p.m. Eastern Standard Time Zone to hear Lou at the Enhanced Sports Show. He has a fantastic show. And definitely there's a lot we're going to discuss here. You know, one of the things that did happen during the All-Star game that was really cool is that I I did want to mention a couple of the technical attributes, too, about the Home Run Derby. For the guys who are looking to maybe get into it next year or some things that I've noticed that can help you if you're going to compete in it or if you know somebody that's going to compete in it or you have desire to compete in it, there were some things that I did see and notice that could help. Things is you definitely need to have a great pitcher. You need to have a great pitcher that's going to help you because I felt as if at some of the points in this competition that did stand out to me is if you have a pitcher who is not putting the ball in the zone that you like to hit consistently, you're going to struggle. For example, Pete Alonso, his catcher set up on the outside part of the plate. He was too too far outside. He made Pete Alonso work too hard to hit home runs. Pete Alonso, basically where the pitch placement was, he was basically going to have to hit the balls straight away, maybe left center. But he was going to have to work hard to hit those home runs because the way the balls were being placed, I felt as if the pitcher – and catcher should have thrown the balls maybe middle in a little bit higher. And, for example, Rushman, who did the switch hitting, his dad was pitching. He hit seven out of eight from the right side. He put it – you could tell exactly just by watching the way Rushman was hitting, 
he likes his ball middle in. He was putting it right where the catcher's glove was, and he was able to connect. And Julio Rodriguez and Pena, props to Pena, who was the pitcher. He has just a short-arm throw, and he gets right to the point on the money. He was the only pitcher that really had a short-arm kind of side-arm throw right to the plate. Everybody kind of had a, like a little bit of a mini wind-up. But that little short sidestep throw was very accurate, and it kept the balls coming in not only at a very good pace, not too fast, not too slow, but it also kept Julio right where the ball needed to be. So definitely, if you're going to think about joining the Home Run Derby, think about who your pitcher is going to be and who your catcher is going to be and map out before you start hitting where you want the balls at because that's going to be a big difference whether you're going to hit as many home runs or not. So if you're going to be in a home run derby, you know somebody's going to be in a home run derby, and you might sound like, hey, only the pros hit in home run derbies. No, I've been to home run derbies where little kids hit it. So pitcher, placement, and catcher, you kind of need to research, and pace of throw, you kind of need to research those things, know what you want, know what you like prior to, so you can go ahead and hit some long balls. I also did what the All-Star Game wanted to give the NL some props because they did win after, you know, 2012. Big props to them for pulling it out and getting that win. And the other things that I did notice during the All-Star Game and Home Run Derby is pitcher Kimbrell. He has a unique pitching motion. For those who want to make fun of him, you know what? That's kind of genius what he does because it might be unorthodox and very different than other pitchers. But Kimbrell's unique pitching motion, it helps reduce his injury and helps his pitching motion. And it's been working because he's been doing really well avoiding injuries and he's been pitching outstanding. He closed the show out. And and the only other thing that I wanted to mention too with the home run derby is <laughs> Mookie Betts watching that home run derby. Props to him for at least doing it and entering in. You can always say he entered the home run derby. But based on one of the fans <laughs> that was in my ear and they said it quite often Mookie Betts needs more practice, and that's what hitting home runs that is. <laughs> so I just wanted to say that. But the Seattle, definitely props to Seattle. They had a beautiful venue, beautiful stadium. It looked really cool to everybody who contributed to the All-Star Game and the Home Run Derby. Props to all of you because it was, it was really a delight to watch. And this is, I'm going to go ahead and switch gears. We're going to talk about the SP Awards. You know, a lot of people on the internet made a big deal about LeBron James and his announcement during the SVs. And for those who missed, LeBron James made just under a five, right around a five minute, I'll say right around a five minute speech while he was accepting his award. And he talked about his retirement or alleged playoffs and he got swept him in the Lakers. He sounded pretty down and it did sound as if 
he was basically given his hint to it, a very to his exit strategy, so to speak. I was telling you guys on our show, I did not believe he was going to retire. You really can't take for word somebody who said something, whether it's good or bad, as far as their playing career, whether they say that, hey, this is it, or they say this is not it, when they just got eliminated from a series. I just think that the emotions are high, both good or bad. If you're on the good end of it, you might be on a high and just say, yeah, this is it. I'm going to ride off in the sunset. But as that adrenaline starts to wear off and now you are the champion and you get to move on, you start to really contemplate, hey, do I want to play some more? Same thing if things don't go your way. And in his case, it didn't go his way. His team got eliminated. And I said, you really can't take that for face value, whether LeBron is going to not play anymore. And I didn't, I didn't say that he, what he said wasn't warranted. I understand his dejection. You know, his team got eliminated. It didn't, wasn't a good look for him. We all know that LeBron wants to at least at the very minimum make it to the finals. We all know he really wants to win it too, but at the very minimum, I think that he will accept is at least making it to the finals. He didn't make it to the finals, got eliminated and swept. So in the ESPYs, he got a chance to address and said his reasons why, first and foremost, why he wanted to keep playing. He felt like he never wanted to cheat the game if he felt as if he couldn't contribute or didn't play up to what he calls his standard, then he would walk away. And you got to respect that. You know, a lot of people jumped on him saying, ah, oh, he just made it all about him. I, I watched the speech. I watched it again. And I didn't think he made it all about him. I think he addressed the elephant in the room. He used the platform and the stage to address whether he's coming back or not. And it was a great way to answer the question. You had the, you had the platform to do it. And I didn't think he made it all about him. I really didn't. He explained the reasons, the reasons why he's coming back. He felt as if he has more in the tank. He wouldn't cheat the game. And being that he felt as if he has a lot more to offer still, he's going to keep playing. He explained about his competitive juices when he coaches even his son's games. I didn't have a problem with what he said overall. And I know a lot of people love LeBron. He even mentioned a little joke about it. He said, hey, I know a lot of people you love me, but I also know a lot of people you hate me. And you can't listen to the comments people said on the Internet because I've read some of the comments and it was pretty bad. You know, the first time I heard it, the speech, I didn't listen to it in entirety. I heard just like a little clip of it. Then I said, let me watch it in its entirety with no distraction so I can go ahead and tell you guys my thoughts. I didn't think he made it all about him. I thought it was actually very well executed in explaining the why, why he wanted to continue to keep playing. He doesn't have to keep playing, but he made it his business to keep on playing because this is what he wants to do. And this is what he feels if he could still be productive in doing. You know, just like if you guys wanted to keep playing or keep your career going, to have a strong why. And until he feels as if he's kind of being a hindrance to the game, 
you got to respect what he said. So, all in all, I didn't think he was being selfish. I disagreed with what most of the comments were, that he was making it all about him. You know, I think LeBron, unfortunately, these are my thoughts about LeBron. Yes, there are some things about LeBron I, I do love, but just like anybody else, there's some things that I wish he could kind of alter. I wouldn't say hate, but there were some things that I wish that he could kind of alter a bit. I'm curious to see how the flopping rule would affect LeBron because I do, yes, I do feel as if he can be a flopper. I do feel as if he also can be a complainer. You know, he kind of, I could tell he got that complaining from, from Michael, Michael Jordan, but he takes it to another level to a point where it's kind of irritating. I don't like, I'm not a big fan of complainers to begin with, but I feel as if he ramps it up a notch or two. So it's, there's a level like, all right, I don't like you because you don't complain, but I feel as if he goes two notches beyond that. But hey, guys, you know, LeBron is, he's a great player. He's a great player. He's a great ambassador for basketball, whether you like him or not. And I feel as if he does deserve more respect. I do feel as if people always looking to diss him and put him down and, and demean him and give him the short end stick. And I think this all comes back to what I said several times. I feel as if it has to do with the fact that he's in the ballpark of Michael Jordan. I will say it once and say again, he's in the ballpark. I don't think he surpassed Michael Jordan in his career and his stats, but I do think he's in the discussion where somebody could make a valid argument for A or B. I feel as if he's at least in the ballpark. He's in the realm. And I think just because he's in the vicinity of a Michael Jordan who people idolize and think he's a GOAT, LeBron gets a lot of that hatred because of it. Even though he doesn't do anything wrong, it's just because now he's in the ballpark of somebody you might adore, he gets shamed because of it. And LeBron is going to – he's got the all-time scoring record. He's going to obviously put that record even further out. When he's playing, he still has a chance to do something special as far as, you know, winning it all. He's not my prediction to win it all, but anytime you're playing, it can happen. And during the SPs, I would say that was, to me, one of the great highlights. Another great highlights was Lil Wayne, you know, altering his rap and making it about the SPs and the guys who were in it. But that was really cool, too. So props to Lil Wayne as well. Let me give him props. Yeah, so definitely props on that. So, yeah, so definitely check out the SPs. Get at least watch the highlights. Watch the highlights of the Home Run Derby, the All-Star Game. It's going to be great things for you guys. We're going to go ahead and take a little brief break. We'll talk some NFL news, some signings, some holdouts. I'll talk about the golf, some golf and the Genesis Scottish Open. Got a lot to talk about, some boxing a bit later. We're going to got a lot to discuss here on the Alan Alfred Sports Talk Show. Feel free to join me live at 516-418-5572. And it's 516-418-5572. We'll take a little break right now. Play you a great song here by Sam Scola from Maine. 
Really appreciate Sam Scola. Really appreciate Mary. Going to take a little quick break, continue on with our great show. And props to Sam Scola. If you need somebody to write you a fantastic song, I only have two words for you. Sam Scola. Sam Scola. Check him out. If you need a great artist, you want to sign him, reach out to me. We will make it happen. He's a fantastic songwriter right out of Maine. He does things. He does things with such grace and elegance. Really, really appreciate Sam Skull and his wife, Mary. So let me go ahead and play a song that he contributed here to the Allen Alfred Sports Talk Show. It's a sports theme. We'll take a little break. We'll be back with more here on the Allen Alfred Sports Talk Show. Sam Skola. Thank you, Sam Scola, for that wonderful tune. Make sure you support Sam Scola by reaching out to me. We'll make it happen. 
Thank you, Sam, Scola, and Mary. Really appreciate you guys. You guys are fantastic. But, yeah, one big signing that did happen this week was Quinnen Williams for the New York Jets. Defensive tackle, got re-signed for a four-year agreement. And it's a big one, too. So $96 million, $66 million guaranteed money. So he's on the contract to 2027. It's great news for the Jets, who already have a great chance to lock down somebody for another four years who's been outstanding. Big props to Quinnen Williams, defensive tackle for the Jets on his recent re-signing with the Jets. Yeah, but one signing that really needs to happen that hasn't happened yet is the New York Giants really need to lock down Saquon Barkley. I mean, the stats don't lie. When Saquon Barkley is playing, the New York Giants do so much better, not only as a team, their quarterback, Daniel Jones, does great. And since you're a team that is doing really well, you're right on the borderline of being a true top contender. You really cannot afford to lose Saquon Barkley. You know, one of the great points that that did happen this week that I want to enlighten is that running backs in the NFL do not have a long career. That's not something that I'm made up. That's just a fact. Especially once you get to the age of 30, that's when teams look to release you or trade you. So I understand where Saquon Barkley is coming from, paid now, and he's trying to solidify a contract that's going to last him probably for the rest of his running back career. And he came back from a really tough ACL injury that's always not fun, and he he didn't miss a beat. He worked a lot of hard put a lot of hard work in, had a fantastic year. He's earned the right to get paid. I think the Giants need to stop kind of teetering and tottering because you don't want to have him sit out and then re-sign him in a way because then you get somebody who's kind of not happy with you, kind of like they'll feel as if you disrespected them, but you signed them really out of need rather than out of want. You always want to make sure that your employee feels wanted. And I feel like the longer this drags out, especially if he misses the first game, it's going to not be a good thing definitely for the New York Giants. So you need to make this deal happen. Lock down Saquon Barkley. Get it done. And put yourself in a position where, hey, you're going to have to maybe compete against the Jets. (laughs) I'd rather compete against the Jets in a huge game. I know it's AFC and NFC, but you want to have Saquon Barkley on your team and make the man happy. Go ahead and sign him for a contract. I also did want to share some golf news. I did get a chance to watch quite a bit of, actually, the Genesis Scottish Open. The Genesis Scottish Open. For those who don't know, this is pretty much like a Lynx course meaning there isn't a lot of there isn't any water actually it's just a lot of long kind of like long 400 plus shots to get it you know if you want a par 5 it's like 594 yards so it's long 
There isn't a lot of water. There isn't any water. There really isn't many trees. It's just long straightaway shots. And you got to be accurate. So that's why, you know, Rory did so well in his first first day because, you know, he can hit the driver really well. He can hit it far. He can hit it straight. And on top of that, you know, he has a great approach shot. So that's why I felt as if a lot of guys struggled. They hit a pretty decent driver, most of them, but they struggle with hitting the ball near the fairway because if you do hit it off the rough, you're going to have to contend with some really tall grass. If you hit it, I'd say, off the fairway, you're going to have to contend with a lot of really tall, tough grass, and you're going to be in tough spots. And because of the length course, I felt as if guys struggled to hit the ball closer to the pin. A lot of times they would overshoot the green or hit it to the right. And when you hit it, when you miss that far off the green, even if it's 15, 12, 15 feet, you really have a tough putt to go ahead and sink in for a birdie. You know, especially if you're like in a 10 plus feet range, you really have to, the most important shot to me, two shots is your drive on those type of links courses and your approach shot. I think the putt is important too. It's very important. But I, you know, you can almost say that for any course, but I feel as if the putt is really, really important if you're hitting it from 10 feet or plus. If you're hitting for 10 feet or plus, you have to hit a, a fantastic putt to nail it down. If you can hit it within four feet or less of the pin, <laughs> you can get a lot of birdies. But in order to do that, you have to have a fantastic approach shot. I felt as if a lot of the Guys, when I watched, struggled in hitting pretty decent approach shots. They were either way too short, too long, too far to the right. And for the drive, Scotty Scheffler in particular, he hit the he hit his drive really, really far, but he struggled to hit it in the fairway. He struggled to hit the ball in the fairway. So he was dealing with that long, tall grass. And it just made for a really tough approach shot. I mean, my man had to hit some shots almost 200 yards, 204 yards from that thick grass. I mean, it's amazing he could do it, but that's not the position you really want to be in. So you almost got to sacrifice your drive distance. Like, Let's say a guy like Scotty Scheffler can hit it 360. He might want to think about hitting it 320 just so he can hit it in the fairway because he definitely has power. And if he hits a better shot in the fairway, it probably would set up for a better shot hitting right there on the green. Well, props to Scotty Scheffler, man. He was hitting it far. He was hitting it, it was in the, in the rough, but he was hitting it far. So props to Scotty Scheffler. I mean, you got to give him props. He was hitting some one drive. I saw 358 yards. And Ricky Fowler and some of the other guys were around 276, 280, you know, because of the win. I mean, for him to outdrive him by 60 yards, that's impressive. I mean, his was far to the right but or far to the left, but, you know, he was hitting it. Just I would say with those links courses, I played on one 
They can be kind of kind of hard to deal with. I find them a little boring in a way because you're not dealing with water. And you want to say, hey, why would you want water? Well, the Lynx courses are long, and it challenges you to hit the ball in the fairway more so. So you definitely want to do that. And it's like you're trading distance for length and less trees and stuff. So you got to learn how to play those links courses. I feel as if today, which will be, I feel as if some, I should say Saturday, I feel as if the guys are going to do a little bit better because they're kind of adjust to the length of the course. But you got to hit that approach shot. You got to hit that approach shot really well. You can do that and leave yourself a six-foot putt max. I think you can do it. Because I think for six-foot in, you should have a good shot at making the putt with the Lynx course. But if you're over six feet, you have to deal with that ridge in the green. You're going to – you're hitting it for 12 feet out. It's going to be tough. But I'll keep you guys up to date on the Genesis Scottish Open. I actually do have – and I feel as if it lines up well for his game. He likes to, you know, those long, the length definitely doesn't hurt him. He's going to be one of the longer players on that course and can hit it in the fairway. So I I like Rory's chances when the Genesis Scottish Open. And the only other thing with, with Rory is that he's got to keep LIV out of his mind. I feel as if Live Golf is living in his head rent-free. If he can just not think about live golf and guys can <laughs> – I know they're going to ask him questions on media because you always get a great sound bite from Rory, but if he can kind of just not think about live golf and just focus on these next few days, I think he's going to win the competition. I'll keep you posted, though. And big fight with Baumgartner, and she has a big fight. And she's fighting Lena Dartro for the second time. I feel as if Bumgarner, I feel as the second time's a charm for her. She's going to go ahead and do her thing. I got her winning tonight. And so definitely I'll keep you posted on the Bumgarner fight. And I'm going to share you my thoughts with <laughs> the Ennis and Villa fight. You know, it was it was a very good fight. I, I did Ennis was gonna win and he did. He did win the fight. You know, Villa was a, a tough competitor. I, I felt as if early in the fight Boots was really taking over around the second and third round. I didn't think Villa was gonna make it to the tenth round, but he did. He he had his moments that he kinda showed that he was in the fight. And he did hit Boots with some great counters. And it was a very entertaining fight. But I got to give Boots and his great props on winning the fight and doing his thing. I felt as if uh, this fight, he would, he did show that he had to take some punches because Villa did have some moments. So props to Boots and his for winning the fight. Although I think he's a very good fighter, I don't think he's ready right now for a Crawford. 
I feel as if a Crawford would, with his counting punching ability, with his change of stances, I feel as if Bud Crawford would be too much for him. I do, however, think that if he does get another couple of fights on his belt, I could see him competing against an, someone like, you know, I don't see him beating Crawford, but I do think he would have a better chance with Errol Spence. And the reason why I think he would have a better chance at Errol Spence is that Errol Spence at some points doesn't mind to bank. I feel as if Boots would do well at that point. I feel as if Errol sometimes doesn't, has a lapse of defense a little bit more so than Terrence. Terrence is just so slick in the ring and he contains stance. He just makes it very elusive and very fast. He hits you with two or three punches really quickly, gets you second guessing. I feel as if it's tough to beat a guy like Terrence Crawford, but I do think with Boots' style, he would compare and compete better against Errol. So I would say that I would fight another one or two more fights and then take on Errol if that is a fight that he can make before I would recommend him take a guy like Bud Crawford. But definitely great outing for Ennis. He put up a magnificent show. And I think, you know, another fight, maybe two, he'll be ready for Errol. I really do. Uh, you know, that kid is special. Boots is something that he's up on a rise. And I would definitely keep you guys up to date on all things boxing. I definitely will do that for you guys. And also, a lot of great things have happened during this week in the sports world. You know, I will let you guys know some things next week, too. We're going to have a special surprise for you. So I will definitely keep you on the loop on that. And I will also, also keep you guys up to date on things in Major League Baseball. We're still working hard here at the Allen Alfred Sports Talk Show to get access more access, that is, to Major League Baseball. So I am definitely going to work so that as well and going to make that happen for you guys. But a lot of great things are happening for the Allen Alfred Sports Suck Show. A lot of great things are happening also later this month. I'll keep you up to date on that. I did want to go ahead and make sure I play the Chef G's Florida Barbecue Sauce song for you guys. Let me do that for you right now. Comes in for variety, Chef G's Florida barbecue sauce, a natural flavor. Chef G's Florida barbecue sauce, Florida gold honey mustard on burgers and ribs. On pork and sausage, a classic taste for chicken steak tips, a hot heat wave on meatballs and ham. It's a cookout treat, Chef G's Florida barbecue sauce. Serve on fish and vegetables, Chef G's Florida barbecue sauce. Chef G's Florida barbecue sauce. 
Yes, the Chef G's Florida Barbecue Sauce, written by Sam Scola. Great song, great sauce. Sam Scola, really appreciate you. Appreciate you and Mary. Also wanted to let you know that you need to get a four-pack yourself. Chef G's Florida Barbecue Sauce, so delicious and addicting, you may need a support group. So pick up a four-pack at flbbqsauce.com flbbqsauce.com make sure you guys support Chef G's Florida Barbecue Sauce He's a great great friend and great great supporter of the Allen Alfred Sports Talk Show really enjoy and love Chef G's Florida Barbecue Sauce really appreciate him really appreciate Sam Scola and Mary and we really appreciate Lou Lou is always a great supporter of the Allen Alfred Sports Talk Show and you guys are a great supporter of the Sports Talk Show the Allen Alfred Sports Talk Show really appreciate all of you Definitely want to thank you guys for your comments, likes, shares. Really appreciate your support. And wanted to let you guys know that a lot is happening with the Allen Alfred Show on a positive note. Going to let you guys know during the week those things. But until we meet and talk again, be safe, be well, be blessed. Thank you so much for listening to the Allen Alfred Sports Talk Show. You have a blessed week, blessed weekend. Take care, be safe, and be well. This is Alan Alfred from the Sports Talk Show. I'll talk to you guys later. Oh